It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am... Well, I'm always excited to spend Sunday mornings with you here on uh, Wave 94. That's 94.1 on your radio dial, 8 o'clock every Sunday morning from 8 to 9. And I just appreciate this opportunity to share the gospel through talk. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one, one another. This is show number 1034. However, for those of you who are new to to uh, what we're doing here. This is uh, actually our third show here on 94.1. I've been on 97.9 for about 14 years and some other stations along the way, but I'm excited about uh, this new opportunity to share the gospel with you. Today, we're going to be talking about navigators, and uh, I am somewhat familiar with the navigators um, through the Navy and uh, some other things, and uh, I have Brother Dave Wirgo. How'd I do? Did great. <laughs> we, we've been practicing. <laughs> Brother, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jack. Now, like I've told the radio audience, I was in the Navy, and uh, there were navigators uh, on the Navy. And, of course, he, he's, got, he's got a lot of history to tell us here, and I'm, I'm excited about him sharing what he's already shared some of with me. But that name kind of does have a Navy connection, and I and I'd always wondered whether or not it did. Yes, it does. The, the navigators, of course, being in the Navy, I, I knew, you know, that well, navigation to the Navy kind of goes together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so through through that, we found out that there is a connection. But, uh, Brother Dave, how long have you been involved with navigators? I met the navigators as a college student in 1975. By that time, the navigators had had uh, grown and decided well the war world war ii was over and they started some of those men started coming back on the gi bill going to universities anyway the navigator ministry uh went then into the collegiate realm and 1975 i was a freshman up at michigan state and a navigator staff man came and led my roommate to christ as i watched really yeah he had been asking me my roommate been asking me all these spiritual questions and I was a, I was about two years old in the Lord, but I didn't know the Bible. Uh-huh. Had spent very little time in the Scriptures, and uh, he would ask me these questions as we were going to sleep at night. And I, man, that's you know, that's a good. <laughs> you know, what about all the people in in Africa that have never heard? Right, right. What happens to? I said, Kurt, I don't, I have no idea. Uh-huh. But uh, shortly after, a navigator staff guy came up to our room in response to me filling out a survey and um, asked my roommate, after he talked with me and discerned that I was a believer, uh, he turned to my roommate and said, well, Kurt, how long have you been a Christian? And Kurt looked at him and said, I'm not a Christian. And Greg, the, the staff fellow, didn't, didn't miss a beat. He, I remember he, uh, he looked at Kurt very squarely and said, well, could I show you some things from the Bible that might help you understand what it is to be a Christian? And, you know, Kurt had been asking me those questions, and I, he said, sure. And so we sat down. 
And uh, this is part of my testimony, but we sat down there, and he said, well, Dave, I want to draw out this this gospel illustration. Now, that illustration has been passed on through the generations called the bridge illustration, uh, sharing a number of passages, but directing that Jesus is the bridge between sinful man and a holy God. And uh, anyway, he said, I want to draw out this illustration for you. And I want to share some Bible verses, but Dave, uh, he said, uh, uh, you take the Bible from me, and uh, I'll share the verses, and you look them up and hand the Bible to, to Kurt, and let him read them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, well, I want to start this illustration with Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, and he handed me the Bible, and, you know, I started fluttering through the pages from back to front, you know, kind of silently praying, Lord, uh, Lord, help me find, <laughs> yeah, help me find, help me find the book of Isaiah. <laughs> and, uh, well, it didn't, uh, I handed the Bible or back to Greg. He, he proceeded to find the verse and, and uh, shared that verse with, to start this illustration that God's hand is not too short to save, neither mm-hmm. is ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. So wow, that he what is a not, great that's, scripture. Yeah, that's yeah. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. And he shared that verse and drew out that man and God were separated by sin. And he said, well, let me share another verse about that. And he said, uh, Dave, look, this says in Romans three twenty three, And... Uh, Again, I just I took the Bible. And <laughs> I thought that I, might have been a little easier. For no, <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know much. Yeah, but I just back up just for a second. How did you come to Christ? Okay, my junior year of high school in South Suburban Detroit, Michigan. I went to a small high school, Flat Rock High School, and uh, during that time, there was a a Christian group out of, I believe it was Judson College in Elgin, Illinois, a Baptist school that was traveling around the Midwest. And uh, true to the times, 1974, the, the group was called the Good News Circle. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, set up in uh, high school auditoriums, maybe out on a football field, Maybe, uh, maybe in a, you know, a rented building somewhere else, but specifically they were coming to speak to young people. I see. And, uh, anyway, they were in our area and I was asked by this young lady if I wanted to, to go hear the Good News Circle. Now, I didn't know anything. She told me it was about Jesus and this and. So you had not been in church at all? I had. Very little, maybe uh-huh. Christmas and Easter a couple times. So your family just didn't go we to church? We didn't go to church, no. Isn't that interesting? And uh, anyway, this, this girl asked me to go to this meeting, and I thought about it and, and said I would. I didn't go because of what they were going to do or share. I went because the girl asked me. Well, that's, yes. that's, that's, that, that, that's okay. It's kind of normal. There's been a lot of young men who've come to Christ. And that's right. That's right. girl. <laughs> So we went to that that meeting, and uh, the, that group was led by a man named Bob Laurent, and uh, they were young people. You know, they had a, a, a gospel music band, and uh, pretty tame right. by today's standards, but they would sing and share testimonies. There was just such life, you know, life in their 
what they were saying. You could just tell that Jesus was very real to them. Right. And they would play through their, their set, finish that, and then the band would leave, and Bob would, would uh, in a very uh, charismatic way, I mean, he was just a gifted communicator, uh, he would teach each night at the end of their, their time. And they might come into to a town and stay there five, six nights in a row. Okay. But, but yeah. uh, all in all, though, there wasn't any real discipleship for you up until you met the Navigators. No, I had come to Christ through this evangelistic ministry. I went because this girl right. asked me. I heard the gospel. I went back several nights in a row and, uh, and then came to believe I needed to to give my heart to Christ and right, stepped right. out and right. and so that happened the good news circle left town mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know how to grow spiritually I right. I use the illustration I was a baby that got thrown into a pantry with a can opener well, unfortunately said, that's, that that happens way too often yeah, yeah. but uh, you mentioned that you filled out some type of a survey where where did you get that from well, these guys, these navigator guys would set up a card table in front of the dinner line in our dorm okay. and a cafeteria line. All the students would have to walk past the table. And uh, they very, you know, very meekly said, hey, you guys want to fill out a spiritual interest survey? We're taken here. And uh, spiritual interest, of course, I was a young believer. I'd come to Christ. You know, I'm about a year and a half old in the Lord, and this was my freshman year. And... Uh, yeah, heard uh, took that survey. It was just basic questions. Do you have a religious background? Uh, who do you think Jesus was? And then kind of at the end, it was like, could someone come to your room and maybe talk to you a little more about this? And I checked all the boxes. Yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. And that's what led the so they, they staff did to my room. Due diligence, and they followed up on it. Yeah. And they just happened to catch you there when when your roommate was there. Yeah. And so, and and so you you, I said you watched them lead him to Christ. He did. He took the Bible away from me. Remember, I couldn't find right, any verses. Right. He he figured that out quick. Took the Bible away from me. Went through the bridge illustration. Finished. Said, Kurt, would you like to pray and give your life to Christ? And uh, my roommate said yes. And, wow. Uh, I was amazed. I thought the Apostle Paul had walked in my room. <laughs> you know, this guy. He knew yeah. the scriptures. Yeah. Knew how to communicate. So, so how did your roommate do after that? Did he did he stay? Yeah, we stay? were in Bible study the next three years together. Is that right? And, wow, uh, wow. I believe last time I saw on Facebook that he's currently a bivocational pastor up in Indiana. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, well, you talk about ripple effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my That's right. goodness! That's right. Uh, I mean, one one survey that you filled out. I mean, of course, then you go back to to the circle that led you to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is huge. So. After that happened, you're you're intrigued by the navigators now. I mean, you 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 see the the value of it. Sure, the Greg Todd was the staff guy that was in charge of our dorm, and he was discipling a guy named Steve. And Steve began to come. I can remember Jack. The uh, he we had our Bible study started, and he had recruited about eight guys into this small group Bible study. And I'd never been in a Bible study, never really studied the Bible. And uh, I can remember, you know, first couple weeks as we got going, he asked, well, how many of you guys are having a quiet time? And I kind of looked, you know, quiet time. What is, what's a quiet, never heard that before. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, you just sit in your room and you're quiet. And, <laughs> no, no, no. He says, well, he 
he started to explain it to me. He said, well, never mind. I won't explain it to you. What time do you get up in the morning? Because I do this quiet time in the morning. And I thought for a minute, I said, well, my first class is 11 o'clock. I get up at 10.50. And he okay. said, well, that's not going to work for me. I have to be at work at 8. Right. I'll come to your dorm room tomorrow, 7 in the morning. Oh, my. Just be ready for me. Right. Well, the next day, there was knock at the door, and I was sound asleep. You know, I wasn't ready. Right. And uh, he gracefully got me out of bed. We went down. Oh, to really? The, yeah, we got, went down to the end of the hall in this little study room in my dorm. And we had a quiet time. He showed me that you could personally read the Bible, invite God to speak to you on a daily basis, read a portion of scripture, look for a application to make from, you know, pick a best verse, look for an application. And, uh, and then we'd pray over it. So wow. it the introduction to the word and prayer into my life. And that quiet time became a, a habit that I've been practicing well, you know, ever did, since did, then. did your roommate go with you? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> and I can't I, – actually, I don't remember his, his story of who was <laughs> discipling him. But that yeah. also was my first introduction to what we call discipleship, where one person is instilling what they know – and well, value I see. that into the into the heart of someone so, so else. So he would have had somebody else, and they might have had a different method. Yeah, Greg was discipling Steve. Steve was discipling me. Okay, okay. And uh, had the privilege to be around both of those men for three years. Wow. So it's a process of that. You you grew in Christ while you were there at the college, mm-hmm. and and of course. All of this, I'm sure, has, has something to do with your path with navigators. It, it does. I graduated in 1979. I taught high school in Michigan for two years, but I had a string back to the navigator ministry at Michigan State. And uh, after those two guys, Greg and Steve, left, God brought another navigator into my life, a man by the name of Jim Falk. And we spent the next seven years together. And it was while I was teaching that Jim challenged me, why don't you come down to the University of Tennessee? I'm moving down there, and I want to continue this process of discipleship. And uh, so I followed him down with kind of a come-and-see invitation to consider Navigator staff. And the two years that I was there at the University of Tennessee, it became very clear from the Lord that he was calling me on to staff with the Navigators. And so I made that decision, moved from the University of Tennessee. Now I'm telling you how I got south. <laughs> moved there from there to the University of Georgia. Arrived there for three years of staff training. My first year was Herschel Walker's first year. Is that right? At UGA. And a great time to be uh, involved with college football. But uh, that staff training time during that third year, uh, I had met my wife the second year. The third year, we were married, and we got to minister together for a year at the University of Georgia. And then we were asked to pray and consider moving to Florida State University, Mm. Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, we prayed, and God directed us. And by that time, we had one baby. We got pregnant after a month of marriage. And before our first anniversary, we had our first baby, and we moved with that with our daughter, Sarah, to uh, Tallahassee in 1986. Was, was Navigators already here by that time? Yes, there had been, I think, maybe three full-time staff that had followed one another by okay. the time we came. Now, now, in this process of going from uh, Michigan to Tennessee, mm-hmm. how, are you, how are you making a living? Uh, that's a great question. So I, I quit my teaching job, and I was challenged to uh, – 
to begin to live by faith as a missionary. Okay. And, uh, but also that I would be on campus working with the navigators 20 hours a week and the other 20 hours a week I'd get a part-time job. Now, when you're single and you can live with three other guys, live on a shoestring, um, you know, I was able to do that, but it was also at that time that I began to see God's provision for my life uh, financially as, as people began to give to what the vision of what we were doing. Right. And uh, so, so you were yeah. responsible for raising your own support. I was. Yeah. But now during this uh, the, the time when you were just doing odd jobs, you weren't necessarily working in your field of career. No. You were just, just whatever you could find to yeah, I started cutting trees down right. with a tree service for that first for the two years. Uh, yeah, just there. anything yeah. to bring some, some money right. in, mm-hmm. so that you could do your ministry. Yeah, because your 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 heart, your focus was that. But now, as you began to, uh, as you say, raise your own funds, did you find that difficult, or, or were people able to see the vision? Well, the navigators uh, in the pattern of discipleship really gave us a lot of help and teaching. On a spiritual view of money, spiritual view is it is it spiritual to ask people to give to you? And you know, there was a lengthy Bible study that we went that had many of those kind of questions, mm-hmm. and we looked at different passages of Scripture. And then there was a we were given a plan to go out and to make personal face to face appeals. Uh, you know, Jack. A lot of people raise funds. They might, they might even come on the radio and just send out a call. Maybe somebody will hear this and want to help the navigators or help help me personally. But we found that speaking to people face to face, telling right, them the right. need. Uh, when we moved to Tallahassee, I, w- I was raising support after a few years, and and uh, I remember meeting with a uh, a couple that were young and and. Uh, started sharing about what we were doing on the campus and that we were reaching students and discipling and told them about the ministry for 20 minutes probably. And then I stopped and I said, well, I wanted to, to present this need to you. And uh, I shared the, shared the need that we were raising support for that year. And um, the last, we, were, we were trained that the last question is, would you consider joining our financial support team? And then you go silent, right? And let them respond. Yeah. And uh, you know there was a silence there, and I said, uh, uh, well, I didn't say anything. And the guy I was meeting with uh, looked at me and he said, "Well, I was waiting for you to ask." And I said, "Well, I wanted to tell you about the ministry, you know." And he said, "No, no, I've been waiting for years for you to ask. Really? I, I didn't know you had a need." Ah, oh, yeah. And uh, that was a lesson yeah. that. To share, you know, the body of Christ is is broad, and it takes it takes the body to do anything. Oh yeah, any yeah. ministry. Now, are you familiar with a, a book called the the God Ask? I am. I am. Yeah, my my son gave me that book. Okay, and, and I've read through most of it. I haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but they're pretty tough in their approach. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the one guy said he said he said I wouldn't have a team member on my team that didn't raise their own support mm-hmm. because he said that we know now they're serious uh, about it. But sure. Uh, but you're right. Uh, ministry goes forth through the congregation or the believers believing in what you're doing. That's right. But that's a hard sell sometimes. And, uh, you know, if you're – okay, let's, let me put it this way. In this radio ministry, I have a lot of parachurch ministries here, uh-huh. and I listen to their appeals. 
and uh, what they're doing requires financing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but sometimes something somebody will come and their 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 particular ministry when people hear it, it just resonates. Mm. And then others, not so much. It's a little harder mm-hmm. because people don't always see what it is they do. But uh, it's necessary. And uh, thank God for people who respond <laughs> that way. Can I tell a story about uh, kind of ministry-wise where we're at now? So for, for 28 years, we led the undergraduate ministry, which is now being led by a couple that I, Martha and I had discipled when they were students. Okay. And now they're leading the Navigator Ministry and have been for about here, here at Florida State at Florida State yeah. for about ten years, because in two thousand and nine, I had the privilege to take ten Florida college students from our Florida campus campuses uh, to mainland China, and we wow. were we were in China for two months, and um, it was so exciting. I skyped my wife from China. And ask her, what do you think about moving here for a year and helping helping the couple that that we knew there and helping them get this ministry going? And her first response was, well, it wouldn't be worth going for a year. We'd have to go for at least two years. <laughs> and uh, so she, her heart was on board. She's really a missionary. Wow, She's wow. the missionary of, uh, of our family. And her, her name is Martha? Name's Martha, yeah. That, that goes right along with it. That's right. Well, <laughs> She's well, a doer. <laughs> she is. She is. And what I haven't shared yet is we have nine children. Really? Now, our oldest four daughters at that time were, uh, were either out of university or two of them were in university, but we still had five at home. And we had the privilege to, to move to China and to bring those five kids with us. So you actually went? We went. Wow. We went. For two years? We went for two years, yeah, and the the hope is that we were going to partner with this couple to establish a student ministry, and that some of that have I mean, students came to Christ, and those some of those folks are are walking with God in a home church now. But um, uh, anyway, we went for with a two year plan, and we were there two years, and then came back. And what yeah. years worth was that? Two thousand ten and two, or I'm sorry, two thousand eleven and twelve. And was that difficult to get in and, and be able to, to, to go do what yeah, you did? Yeah, we went as, we didn't go as missionaries. We went as, I had a student visa and I took a Chinese class at, at uh, Sujo Dashui. Dashui is the Chinese word for university. And I learned enough Chinese to uh, kind of make a fool of myself sometimes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we were Just enough we to were get there, you in yeah. trouble. <laughs> And, you know, but the thing we found, Jack, is just the students were, were they wanted to talk about spiritual things. Wow. wow. They wanted to respond to what I call the four great questions. And uh, and I, I'll, I do just what I did to you. Okay. I'll say that. Right. Now, four great, you got to tell us what they are. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> I look for that response, yeah. and I'll ask us, well, do you know what the four great questions are? No, I don't. Do you want to hear them? Oh, yeah, I want to know. And it's just a easy inroad to the gospel. And I said, well, the first question is the question of origin. Where do we come from? Are we here by chance or design? Okay. The second question is the question of purpose. Why are we here? The third question, and you could tell with these questions, you could talk about any of them for hours. You right, know? right. And uh, the third question is um, the question of destiny. What happens after we die? Can we know? Um, and then the fourth question is what I call the question of freedom, but it's really what do I do about my guilt? 
because guilt is universal. And, uh, and so I, ask, I would ask these students these four great questions, say, you know, the Bible answers all of these questions. Would you like to maybe read the Bible with me? Because all of them had no exposure to the scriptures. And once in a while, we might meet someone that was a believer, but they were they had come from an underground church, and uh, they, now, where, where were you meeting them at? I mean, on campus. On campus. The the thrill of it and why it was so exciting because you're an American because I was there and I was a native English speaker. The Chinese want to learn English desperately want to learn it, and uh, because it'll give them a better job and so forth, and. Uh, I say that virtually they'd almost stand in line for a chance to speak with you. Wow! And just now, practice. Did you didn't you say earlier that you taught English? No, no I no. was there as a student. No, but I'm talking about when you were in high school. No, I was teaching vocational agriculture. Okay. Yeah. Some I, some I I thought I heard you say English. Okay. Vocational. Okay, so, okay, but still, they want to talk to you just because you can speak English. That's right. Wow. And. and uh, the next uh, two years, well, we'd taken that summer team that first year, and all of the students that we took were involved with, with Chinese students sharing their testimony, sharing the gospel. I mean, almost on a daily basis with different students. Wow. And uh, so, now is that ministry still going today? Uh, that missionary couple that we went to partner with uh, has come out of China. Okay, now they're in their seventies. Is is there still a navigator presence there? Well, most of the ministries that are in China, they don't use their names. Nobody okay. talks about, well, I'm with the Navigators. I'm with uh, Campus Crusade. Right, right. We, right. Nobody yeah. talks about yeah. who you're there with. Yeah, I had a, uh, years ago, I, I met a young Chinese man at Florida State. Mm -hmm. And um, he came by the church here. That's, and I was, it's a long story. But anyway, he said to me, he said, can I come to church here? And I said, sure. Mm -hmm. He was sharp, and he knew the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, how did you learn? He said, well, the, the missionaries would teach us. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is uh, uh, he was here for about a year. His wife was at Penn State. Mm -hmm. and they, they could not get a doctorate, but they could take, keep getting master's degrees. Mm hmm so he finally was going to leave to go be with her at Penn State. So we had a last day here. We had a celebration mm -hmm. for him yeah. to honor him, give him a chance to speak. He got up there and began to share things that I had said over the last year. Huh. He had just absorbed all of it. Amen. And yeah. that, so that, that told me there's a hunger. Mm -hmm. There's a hunger there. And, and yeah. there's some knowledge. There's some learning. For, for, yeah. For, I know you know that better than I. Yeah. So, but now you decided to come back. Now, all this time while you were there, was the ministry still going on here at Florida State? It was. We had passed the baton to the younger generation, and okay. as I said, the couple that that are now leading, we had discipled when okay. they were young students. So, so you you were done with this particular aspect of your ministry? Yeah, I didn't want to come back and try to take that helm again. I, okay. You know, it is. Uh, good. Uh, we wanted to multiply. We wanted to, right. you know, disciple and multiply. So, so now you are a, a, like an overall director of an area. Well, now I, I kind of wear a couple hats, but we're involved with training our young staff throughout the state of Florida. Okay. Currently, I'm taking uh, our staff in training. Uh, last year, I took them through Zoom. Uh, we did an overview of the Old Testament, and we're able to finish that. It took us the whole school year to to go from Genesis to Malachi. 
But uh, this year we're doing an overview of the New Testament. And uh, now, now is this just for the staff? This is just our staff in training. We so want the, our, our staff to be strongly rooted in the Word. So this would be the staff at every college that you have uh, navigator influence here in Florida. That's right. So you'd have them all on a Zoom. Florida State. University of Florida, University of North Florida, University of South Florida, University of Central Florida, and we have a ministry that's been started down in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Now, now what is it that's limiting? The, I mean, is it because nobody has gone to be at the other campuses? No. I mean, typically on a you know major college campus, uh, there's several ministries that are represented there. Uh, because everyone realizes to reach that generation of 18 to 21 year olds or beyond a little beyond that young 20s is crucial crucial for the next generation to get this vision to impact their generation for Christ right and so uh, the college campus is as strategic as the military was back when Dawson Trotman started right. the Navigators. Now, there's a name that, that you and I have talked about, but this radio audience may not know who we're talking about. So we're going to go back okay, uh, in a little bit. We're going to go back and get some history of Navigators. But right now, before we take a little time here to play a little music, let me establish in the, in the minds of our listeners mm. exactly what Navigators does. Would you call it a discipleship ministry? Our motto is to know Christ and to make him known and help others do the same. Okay. And so it's both evangelism and discipleship. Right. right. And which that's part of discipleship. If we're not sharing the gospel with others, um, you know, we're a, I say we're a flat Christian. Right. And, and, and you demonstrated that with the, the story you told us about your roommate. That's right. I mean, he not only was there to help you all grow in your faith, he led him to the Lord. Yeah, came you know? in, led my room, and, 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 he, and then discipled us, stayed yeah. with us for the next three years. And even with his interview of you, you said that he determined that you were a believer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he wasn't just going to take your word for it. He probably Yeah, we yeah. had a conversation at yeah. the door. And yeah, yeah. Uh, when he figured that out, he looked past me to ask my roommate, how long have you been a Christian? There you go. Yeah. 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 So so it's not just the, the one face. It's we win them, but we don't just leave it there. In other words, you, you have a discipleship program. Uh when I was on the ship, this is back in, uh, would have been 72, 73, mm. somewhere mm-hmm. in there. I remember the navigators. Now, I did not get involved with the navigators. Um, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. I was a believer. I had grown up in church mm-hmm. in my life, all my life. And, uh, so I, I had a, I had grown up in A school. I'd grown this long red beard. <laughs> and so the, the guys would call me rabbi. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> and so, so I had a group that was just kind of, we were just working together and I'd, I'd have, uh, church services down in the lower part of the ship. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get involved with the navigators, but I knew they had these, uh, booklets uh-huh. and they were very organized in, in the, their approach. And, but their, their group, I mean, they had won a lot of young men there on the ship, but it was just, I don't know. It, I, somehow or another, it, my personality and his personality just didn't. Maybe they were too rigid. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been. But maybe it just wasn't where the Lord wanted me to be. Uh-huh. But I did know them, and uh, and I remember the little books, and because they they showed them to me, and mm-hmm. and they wanted me to be involved. But I just it just wasn't where God was, was sure. leading me. But I remember that about them. That uh, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what stayed in my mind. The structure. And I think the navigators uh, developed a reputation for systemization of right. the discipleship ministry. And right, uh, right. so we still have uh, a lot of 
printed materials about uh, discipleship, how, not just how to disciple, I mean, there are books now that have been written on that, but but uh, specifically taking people through, you know, just being a brand new Christian to being what we call a disciple, and then when a person is a disciple, what we want is for them to become a disciple maker, and so there's training involved with that, how to, you know, it's not just we've helped you, now you need to be trained in how to, how to disciple someone else so it's generational and we talk about the principle of spiritual multiplication the ripple effect yeah the ripple effect yeah, yeah. it just goes on and on and on it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing now would you want let me give- stop you for a second you know why we do that jack jesus discipled 12 men one of them bailed on him right judas but you know the world was touched through jesus never left a 70 mile area but he invested deeply into those men that they might take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And of course they did, and they passed that on. But one of the verses in Scripture, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there's, there you go. You know, there's four yeah. generations. Yeah. Paul telling Timothy to find faithful men who will teach others. And so that's the vision of the navigators that it's generational and it multiplies. And, and of course, Jesus taught them to do what he did. That's right. And then yeah. he said, go and make disciples. Right, right. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, what that implies is he had just given them a command to go make disciples. So they were to teach the next generation, go make disciples. Wow. Yeah. And what I was going to say, would you want anybody to, to contact you about Navigators? Do, I mean, do you want to give out any information, your website or anything like that? Sure. Uh, personally, I mean, there is a Florida State Collegiate Navigators, and I'll say to any parents that are sending their children to uh, universities that uh, our son is starting uh, at Florida State this summer as a freshman, moving out of the house, moving into one of the scholarship houses on, on campus. But uh, we're challenging him, son, you got to get around others of like heart. And uh, he's going to check, he, you know, he. I'd love for him to get involved with the Navigators. Right, right. But uh, uh, he's going to check out different ministries. And uh, But, you know, that, that dynamic of spiritual community is so important oh, absolutely. on, on the yeah. college campus. Because when they go out there, it's so easy for them to get swallowed up. Oh, they'll and, get and eaten the, alive by yeah, professors yeah. and... You know, people that are teaching all kinds of things because they have a platform, not because they're they're experts in it. Right. You know, and uh, and you were there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was there. Well, if you want to give out a website or thing like that, the uh, navigator. If you type in www.floridastatenavigators.org. Okay. You should be taken right to it. FloridaStateNavigators.org. Yeah. Okay. If you if they type in the navigators, the the internet will take them to our national uh, headquarters, and you know there are questions that they can ask, find out where navigator staff are in any any part of the world. And yeah. uh, well, the, the the founder's name was Dawson Trotman, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about him and about this ministry and how it all got started. Because because one thing about it is that. Uh, uh, on this show, I'm always inquisitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know how did it happen, mm-hmm. and so we're going to get into all that. But if you've just tuned in, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am 
Pastor Jack King. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. And we start our services at 11.05, so you still got time if you want to get ready to come on out to church. We'd love to see you, love to meet you. My congregation, we love meeting new people, and uh, we're just friendly. So you can check that out, frcm.us. This is by Jim Irvin. It is called, I Should Have Led Them to the Lord. I tell you what, that's that's a serious song right there. He said that uh, I could have led him when nobody else could have. He had the opportunity. He just didn't do it. I tell you what, that speaks. Mm. <laughs> that really does. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. We're here on 94.1. Just happy to spend this time with you on Sunday mornings. And I hope that you'll make it a habit to join me every Sunday morning and also Saturday night, 7 o'clock, here on 94.1. It's the Saturday Night Gospel. Sing for all of us Southern Gospel music lovers. we got a full hour of great Southern Gospel music. As I say, I play the best music in the land right here on 94.1. 7 o'clock, Saturday nights. And also, you can find me Sunday or Monday through Friday here on 94.1 with a daily broadcast. And that's the gospel on the radio broadcast it's a daily teaching of the word of god you can find me at 11 o'clock and that gets you all caught up here and of course uh, eight o'clock here on sunday mornings with a talk show and uh brother dave wergo how'd they do that's great <laughs> i'm getting this uh navigators uh dawson trotman when you said mm-hmm. that name i said yeah i remember that how did all this get started yeah, it uh, started with one man and who had this vision, but Dawson uh, came to Christ, I believe, in the 1930s okay. and uh, influenced by two older women. He, he had been invited to a meeting, just like I had been, uh, by a girl, and at that meeting, he was challenged to memorize 10 verses of Scripture and he memorized those verses because he wanted to, not because he cared anything about the Bible, he wanted the points so that they could win the prize and, and get the treats that at the end of the contest. He was competitive. He was it? competitive, that's right. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit used those verses as he was uh, working through the week and bringing verses to Dawson's mind. And uh, as I remember uh, hearing this, that uh, he had memorized John one twelve, but to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And he was he was thinking about that, and he said, "Lord, I don't know what it is to receive Jesus, but I do that right now." And he said that I was born again. Wow! I was born again through that through that and those other verses that I'd been meditating on. This the I, the whole discipline of scripture memory has been. A, a centerpiece for the Navigator ministry past 75 years. And it started with Dawson memorizing those 10 verses. Well, he, he, uh, began to grow as a Christian and, uh, God had, had gifted him for ministry. He began to work with boys groups on the West Coast out in San Diego. And he had met a sailor. Now, the Navigators didn't exist at this point. It was just Dawson. He met a sailor. And um, 
a guy by the name of Gurney Harrison. He uh, he started spending investing deeply into Gurney Harrison, this one this one sailor, and teaching him how to share the gospel, teaching him how to help someone else grow. And Gurney went off on a deployment and came back. He had led someone to Christ. And he brought, he brought this new convert to, to Dawson and said, Dawson, I want you to, I want you to teach him everything you've taught me. And Dawson looked at him and said, you teach him. Right. And that was the vision to disciple someone that they would pass on what, uh, what they had learned. And that was the, the beginnings of the navigators. And, uh, World War II broke out and they were in San Diego. They were praying for a key man on every ship in the Pacific Fleet. And I believe by the time the war ended, there was a navigator on wow, every ship. Wow, wow. And uh, they had touched men from every state in America. And again, it was with this principle of, of evangelism first, discipling second, so that that, gen- that next person could pass that on to someone else. They could share the gospel. They could help that person grow. And so it was during the Navy days that the name Navigator, one of the guys said, hey, we need a name for our group. And uh, they brainstormed over it and came up with the Navigators, that they could help people navigate through life using the Bible as their guide and the Holy Spirit as their their director. See, that's the thing about it is I tell people all the time, I said, you listen to the gospel on the radio talk show and you'll learn something new. (laughs) See, I just learned something new tonight (laughs) because, like I say, I, I, I knew about the Navigators in the Navy, and I often wondered about that name, whether it had any connection, mm-hmm. but I had no clue. Yes, and now you've just <laughs> you've just taught us something new. Well, I wasn't in the Navy later, but the navigators then began to, after the war, some of those the, those men that were discipled began to, to go on to college campuses, and they took those same navigator disciplines with them. And uh, that vision to make disciples who will disciple others. And um, it was 1975 when I met the Navigators as a young Christian and uh, had the honor to be discipled by those men through my college years, and it changed the course of my life. It seemed to me like that uh, the the presence of a Navigator group in a college or on a ship, whatever it would have to do with uh, the passion of an individual mm-hmm. who would who would lead a group. Is that am I right about that? That's right, but you know, one of the things, Jack, is we want to raise up people that aren't necessarily. I mean, we want to raise up new staff and new generation right, of right. leaders, but we want this vision of disciple making to be in the mind of every believer. Absolutely, and uh, so uh, it's not just say hey, we want to make navigators. We want to pass this vision of spiritual multiplication right. to everyone. But as of right now, how many navigator groups would you guess that there are? Across the world, well, I know there's over 2,500 staff, and uh, I forget the number of countries that there are navigator missionaries in. But the navigators have have spread to be a worldwide ministry. So they would be present in the military mm-hmm. and present on college campuses. That's right. Is that pretty much predominantly where you'd find them? Predominantly, but we have uh, we have different arms of the navigators that are working in local churches, okay. trying to influence the leaders in those churches to have a vision for making disciples. Uh, trying to think of uh, others, uh, uh, you said the military, but also there's been navigator staff that focus on medical people first and first responders, and they might get a little uh, niche there of, of 
people that are of like heart and have similar careers and, and uh, right, careers are working right. there. But again, it goes back to uh, somebody's passion. Mm-hmm. In other words, if, if, if you've got a, a group on a ship of navigators and because people in the military, they come and they go and the, the leadership leaves, somebody's got to pick that up. That's right. And if, if, if there's nobody to do it, then that ship will yeah. be without a group. Yeah. It's why we call it the vision of spiritual multiplication, and it's like it's like our own vision. Uh, right, right. You can be have it clear at one time, and then you know you're driving down the road, and a truck goes by, and it all comes up on the windshield, and you can't see anything, you know, until you can clean that up and get that vision again. Right, right. And that vision is, uh, well, God has to impart that into right. the heart of an individual. Well, it's, it's passion. Yeah, and I've I've learned this in ministry. If if you don't have somebody with passion to lead something, it's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got it's got to be the passion of it. And the thing about it is that, uh, like for you, you experienced it. I mean, you not only had uh, this guy who challenged you in your faith; he came and led your your roommate to Christ. You saw it in action, mm-hmm. but they, he didn't leave it there. That's right. <laughs> because That's he right. came and said, "Hey, we're going to get up early. We're going to go to this special place. We're going to spend quiet time." He invested mm-hmm. in you. That's right. So you saw the power of it. That's why you wanted to be involved in it. Yeah. And that's how it continued. That's the ripple. <laughs> that that vision captured my heart as a young twenty year old. Right. Right. We've been uh, investing in primarily college students, both here and and overseas. And uh, uh, with this vision to multiply their lives. Right. And to think about it is that so this show is going to air on Sunday morning here on uh, 94.1. It's on the Internet. Mm-hmm. All, we're, going all, we're literally going all over the world mm-hmm. today. And it's going to be on podcast. And, and anybody who wants to share this show with anybody, it's 1034. Mm-hmm. You go to the podcast, type in Pastor Jack King. It'll come up. There may be somebody listening today, Brother Dave. They've never heard of the Navigators, mm-hmm. and but the, but this this is working for them. They're mm-hmm. going, hey, I, I want to be involved in that. I want to I want to lead a group or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? I think it's possible to first come into the influence of, of uh, the Navigator Ministry for your own personal growth and discipleship, right. and uh, and become, yeah, become a part, become a part, yeah. yeah. And then, then the, the possibility that they could grow into uh, a position of leadership Absolutely. or whatever would, would be a, a part of it. But that should not be their primary purpose for wanting to join. They right. want to, I want to grow. I want to mature. All of that. But that's available to, to whoever. Yeah. But now, what if they're not in the? They're not a student. They're not in the military. You would just have to meet a navigator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is it. If the navigator ministry is predominantly on campus mm-hmm. and they're not a student, how would they be able to come under the influence of the navigators? Well, I can tell you this, that we have men and women in Tallahassee that are in churches in Tallahassee that have been discipled as college students at Florida State that are investing in others but would love to continue to invest in even more. And, okay. Uh, you know, they're in different churches around So in other town. words, there, there are groups of navigators who are meeting here in Tallahassee that are not necessarily at the university. Well, and they might not be uh, identifying this is a navigator Bible study. It might be the Bible study in their church. And that's the vision we want them to have, that this spiritual multiplication is for every believer, for every church. Okay. That if we're not multiplying, we'll die. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, the challenge is... Well, not to challenge the the opportunity is there, 
And so, so give them the website again. The college website is www.floridastatenavigators.org. Okay. But, but through that, even though if they, if they were not a student, they could still make contact with somebody who may have a, a, a group, whether they're navigators or not. Sure. They could find it through that website. Yeah, there were, there's been all kinds of materials that navigators have developed uh, to systematically have discipleship happening in churches. Uh, it's, you know, specifically, it's called the 2-7 series after Colossians 2-7 of being rooted and grounded in Christ. And uh, that 2-7 series takes people through a two-year systematic growing in discipleship, developing a personal quiet time, learning how to study the Bible. Uh, it has portions on prayer, and it, and it begins to talk about this vision to do this with others. And, and they could find out about that through that website? They could. Well, it probably it probably be a link somewhere from okay. that website, yeah. I mean, is there somebody, some way or another, that they could reach out to somebody who could point them in the right direction? Well, if they, if they uh, went to our national, just typed in the navigators, Okay. And uh, went to our national site and sent an email or something to someone there. They could be put in contact with people all over the world. Now, we, we talked about it earlier. You said during World War II, we, we, you thought that there was a, a navigator group on every ship. How, how are we doing now? Do, do you know? Well, the navigators are in every arm of the military, and uh, we have staff in every arm of the military. How how many navigators there are, I don't know. But right. uh, I go around the nation, and I will meet people on a plane and find out all their military background. They'll tell me, you know, I was I was influenced by a navigator. Wow. Because I'm just thinking, you know, I said, there may be a parent out there, and they have a child who's about to go into the military. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, man, I'd like to get them involved in something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess in that, they, they go to the national. Yeah, they could do that through and be directed to the military navigators. We have staff in Jacksonville, staff over in Eglin, uh, Panama City area, Pensacola uh, area that are military staff that are doing, you know, working with military folks uh, and specifically these young guy, young men and women that are coming in and uh, – Sharing the gospel with them, training them how to disciple others, and so forth. Well, to think about the military, the military is a lot like going to college in the aspect mm-hmm. that uh, you'll get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. Now, I was fortunate; I had a strong faith when I went in, and uh, um, as a result of that, uh, I was able to withstand the uh, quote onslaught. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the, the the peer pressure is very intense. And of course, they, it starts with the, the drinking because mm-hmm. they allow them to start drinking there at, at the clubs on the base. The peer pressure is very, very strong mm-hmm. to go participate in that. And next thing you know, <laughs> um, well, the, the, the devil can have his way. Yeah, they're so, swallowed up. Now, now, something that you mentioned to me, and I'm just looking at my clock here, the connection with the navigators and Billy Graham back mm-hmm. way back when. Uh-huh. Talk, talk about that a little bit. 1950s, when Billy Graham came into prominence, there was no plan of what do you do with a, a, a young convert, a person that has come forward at a meeting and has put their faith in Christ. Uh, there was no plan of what to do with those people. And so it was the navigator, uh, Dawson Trotman, and the men that he was training that uh, gave 
part of their time, a lot of their time, to developing the follow-up materials for the Billy Graham Crusades that are still used uh, today with even Franklin Graham Crusades. Uh, they're using that navigator material. The vision to come into a city ahead of time, uh, training uh, local Christians, training them as lay counselors, that they would know how to lead someone to Christ. Because Billy's up there preaching the gospel, but sure. it's, it's that individual talking with that person one-on-one. When Billy Graham came to Tallahassee in 1986, 85, 85 yeah. um, we were, I was personally involved with the, the uh, training of local, local people here in Tallahassee for the aspect of being a counselor. And then I, wa- I was one of those counselors. And all the people, you know, when he gave the invitation, people would come forward. And a lot of those people you see moving and, you know, if you're watching that on television, those are counselors. Mm-hmm. They'll often have a designated badge, but they will strategically come down and look for someone that doesn't have a badge and stand next to them. Right. So I remember this because yeah. I'm sitting up in the, in the stands mm-hmm. at, at the Civic Center, and Billy gave his message and just for like a seemed like it seemed like an eternity but it wasn't very long there was just no response and then all of a sudden i started hearing footsteps all all over the stadium just footsteps and then people were coming and and those were a lot of those were the the uh, counselors or whatever yeah. but because of that that created movement that's right and then so other people began to respond uh-huh. and next thing you know there was just just a lot going on down there on the floor now but i remember that it's like it's like I mean, it's like it probably wasn't more than just a few seconds, but it seemed like it was forever. There was just nothing happening, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I started hearing those footsteps going, and I was so relieved. Right. <laughs> but I saw it in action. What yeah. you're talking about there, right? And and the real ministry took place right there, one on one, one person communicating the good news that Billy had talked about. Right. But clearly, I, I remember one couple that came down, and the first question we were trained to ask is why have you come forward mm-hmm. why have you come down yeah. forward here and the the woman looked at me and said um i want i want to accept jesus right and i looked at her husband and said why did you come down here he said because she did <laughs> you know and i i presented the gospel we went through it very clearly and uh both of them said you know we're not ready to make that decision Wow. And so it wasn't like I tried to talk them out right, of right. putting their trust in Christ, but they realized that, you know, it was a commitment, mm-hmm. commitment of their lives. And um, so that was one one example, yeah. but there were... Well, I remember yeah. I went to a Bill of Graham Crusade. I think it was in Lexington, Kentucky. It might have been Cincinnati, but it seemed like it was in Lexington. And it was right before I went to the military. Mm-hmm. And I filled out the card, and then I told them, you know, why did I come down? I said, well, I just want to rededicate my life before I go into the military. Mm-hmm. And they came, they, they, they sent it to my pastor. And before I went in, he came to visit me and, and yeah. want to know, you know, you know, why yeah. did it feel this? And I told him, well, we're just, I'm just going in. And my girlfriend, we both went down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they followed up. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. that was, that was the training the navigators right, were giving right, right. to every local crusade yeah. that took took place. And so that's that's one of the power of the, of the ministry mm-hmm. of, of the navigators is because they they don't. It's just like that young man way back in your testimony. Mm-hmm. He didn't just let it fall. I mean, he followed up on it. That's right. And of course, then again, we're talking about the the ripple, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ripple effect of all of it. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm so glad you you've come. Um, 
I've, you're the first person I've had on the show from the Navigators, and I've always wanted to find somebody. And it's just an honor. And and, uh, and we met at a restaurant somewhere, but we can't remember where. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you gave me I a gave card. I gave Jack a card, yeah. and he called me. And that's the way you do it. So I'm just telling you, if you're out there listening and you're involved in Christian ministry, I need you here, and we'll we'll talk about your passion. Hmm. We always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the Navigators. I thank you for this ministry. Father, I pray, God, that you would just use it for your glory and praise, and it would grow and expand. I pray for Brother Dave and his family. Father God, let your anointing and your blessings be upon them. And Father God, we do pray. We pray over our city. We pray, God, for our churches. We pray for our pastors, Lord. Lord God, just let there be a great anointing come forth from our pulpits today, Mm -hmm. Father, as we present the Word of God. And Father God, we pray for America, and we pray, God, for uh, the folks in Afghanistan right now. Mm. Lord, just God, just help them. And Lord, we pray for peace around the world, and we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Dave, Amen. it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you, thank Jack. You for, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for coming and spending some time with us. And as we always say, may the Lord bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you.